0: Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. As the kids are going, I'm going to pray one more time. Jesus, I thank you that this church is built for you. We just confess out of our mouths that church is not for us, it's for you. Worship is for you. The teaching of your word is first for you. So I pray that every word that comes out of my heart, through my mouth, would go first to your heart and bless your heart and your mind and your beautiful will in heaven. And then you yourself would send it to hearts in this room. I pray for every heart, including my own, to receive the words that you give to me. Lord, we are desperate for you. Lord, we need you. We confess we need you. Every moment we need you. Every day we need you. Every season we need you. We can't do this without you. You are the vine. We are the branches. Without you, we can do nothing. So help me to help your people. We bless your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is part two of a message I gave a few weeks ago entitled, Being a Good Friend Through the Nine Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Being a good friend by utilizing the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share quickly. I shared the fuller journey to this message a few weeks ago, but I'm going to share a bite-sized version of that journey of how the Lord put this message on my heart. So it was a few weeks ago. It was a Monday morning. I was in Psalm 84, just reading through Psalm 84. As I'm reading through the psalm, all of a sudden, I heard clearly in my spirit, out of nowhere like an arrow shot from heaven, not from the devil, but from the Lord, I heard a whisper, super clear, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm like, God, I'm in Psalm 84. Don't you see what I'm reading? And he was trying to redirect me. <laughs> so I got to the end of the psalm. I was talking to the Lord. I was like, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And he said, I want to talk to you about your friends. Kyle, I want to show you how to be a better friend to your friends, to be more intentional with the people I placed around you. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, you said 1 Corinthians 12 a few minutes ago. I should probably go there. So I went to 1 Corinthians 12. I started reading it. We can go there now to the first part of 1 Corinthians 12. And I realized, I'll just read it, and then I'll tell you what I realized. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. But the manifestation, verse 7, Of the Holy Spirit is given to each one, that was me in this moment, for the profit of all. The Lord was showing me, I'm gonna give you gifts of my Spirit, Kyle, in order to give out to the friends around you. And these gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to benefit every single one of your friends around you. It's gonna be for their common good. So once I read this line, it hit me. This was the aha moment. Kyle, a way that you can be a more intentional, better friend to those people I've put around you is by asking for, receiving, and releasing the gifts of my Holy Spirit. That's how you can be a truly powerful, godly, Jesus-like friend. And then I thought about, what are friends? There's many markers to friendship, especially biblical friendship. But overall, let's go to the next slide. Friends seek, true friends seek to benefit and profit one another. True friends are out for one another's greatness in God. They're out for people's eternal destinies a billion years from now. Everything friends do is to help out their friends in God, to experience his goodness, to tell the truth through a prophetic word, through a gift of the Holy Spirit, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, to tell the truth even when that truth might hurt them temporarily. That's what true friendship looks like. And it hit me, all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation gifts, help to accomplish these simple but profound goals of friendship. All nine gifts help us to accomplish these goals of friendship that God has in his heart for every single believer. And let me just tell you plainly, I believe all nine gifts are available to every single believer who receives them in humility and releases them with authority. I believe they're available to all if we ask and we sit and receive. And then just the kicker, the next slide. The kicker of all of this, as I was reading through John 15, is the words of Jesus. So we know, and we can tell by experience, my mom was sharing that experience, that Jesus was and is the best friend of to ever exist. Jesus, if we're honest, is our most reliable, best friend. He was for everyone back when he was on the earth and he's now our best friend through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of his spirit, the spirit of Christ that lives within us. Jesus is my best friend. Brooke is second, but she's far away even from Jesus and she's an amazing friend. (laughs) Jesus is so far above every single person on the earth, including myself, when it comes to friendship. And so how did Jesus love his disciples? How does he love us? He often loved his disciples and us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you look at the ministry, the four gospels, the life of Jesus, he used the gifts of the Holy Spirit often to heal people, to deliver people, to save people, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He exemplified the use of of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to be a good friend to every single person who is around them. And this is his command. That we love one another. We love all the people around us. We love our friends as he loved us. I shared last time, those two letters are the scariest letters in the Bible to me. That we are to love every single person around us with the same quality and quantity and intensity and purity that Jesus loved us. It's the hardest commandment in the Bible. It's easy to love God because he's perfect and he's awesome and he's always out for our greatness, but it's not always easy to love our friends and even love ourselves. It's not. But this is his commandment, that we love the people around us with the same quality and intensity and the same way that Jesus loved us. And how did he love us? Often through the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So this was the seal for me. Okay, I need to do this message. This is true, powerful, Jesus-like friendship that will promote all of our eternal greatness. Eternal greatness. Yes, I'm after your good, Malik, for the next few decades. But ultimately, I said earlier, I'm after your good for billions of years. I want you to shine like the stars. I want you to shine so bright Forever. So when I pray for you, it's unto that end, it's for your eternal destiny, what you're gonna be doing 500 years from now in the age to come. And that's how Jesus loved us, and that's how he motivated us. His disciples, he motivated them not primarily with temporary rewards, but eternal rewards. So this is what the gifts of the spirit, they're temporary blessings to provoke us to give ourselves to our citizenship, which is in heaven. We're not Americans primarily. We are citizens of heaven. So let's live there and then affect America from that place. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Let me read it for us. You're going to see all nine listed here. But the manifestation, which is the Greek word phanerosis. Everyone say phanerosis. We talked about it last time, but this Greek word is super cool because it shows us how the Holy Spirit distributes these nine gifts. And it helps prevent us from being frustrated when we don't see them happen all the time in our life. Because ultimately, you'll see at the end, verse 11, it says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, all nine gifts, distributing to each one as He wills. Ultimately, it's up to the Holy Spirit whether we receive and release all nine gifts that He has for us. It's not up to us. It's up to Him, ultimately. And so we walk into a situation Loving our friends with open hands, and he chooses what tool, which one of the nine or which three of the nine in that moment to give to us to give to our friends. I want everyone to open up their hands. Picture you go into a situation where your friend is suicidal at the end of their rope, and you don't know how to love them, but you know you need to love them. You say, Holy Spirit, would you give me one of your gifts or five of your gifts for this person? You go in not knowing what to say or what to do, but you're loving them and you want to save their life. You go in empty-handed. You walk in that room. All of a sudden, he gives you a word of knowledge about what's causing that person's depression. The root of it. He gives you a word of wisdom. He gives you a gift of faith to cast that spirit of death out of them. He gives you three gifts right there. He drops them in your hand for that person. You release them through laying on of hands, through your words, through your love. That person gets free. Their whole life is changed. You walk out of that room. Guess what you walk out of that room with? Empty hands. They were empty going in. They're going to be empty going out. But during those moments, three, four, five gifts just saved a life. That's what phanerosis means. It's the temporary appearance of a gift of God for a specific situation. Everyone say temporary. Temporary. We don't carry all nine of these all the time everywhere we go. It's temporary for specific acts of love and friendship. Awesome. What are the three main purposes of these nine gifts? Three main purposes. I love these purposes. These nine gifts help to confirm God's word and his reality by revealing a specific facet of God to the perceptible human senses, the five human senses. All nine of these gifts are undeniable appearances of God in our time and space world. When these nine show up, you can't deny that God's in the room. So they prove God's reality and his word. That's why they're so powerful, and that's why the devil hates them. That's why the devil has lied to Christians for hundreds of years, saying they stopped with the first apostles, because they really, really know God, and the devil hates when God is revealed. These nine, second, are tangible expressions of God's compassion. You know what compassion means? Dan, it means to suffer with someone who's suffering. It means to suffer with, literally in the Greek. Compassion means to suffer with someone. So when a gift of healing is released, it is a tangible expression of God's compassion that I feel what you feel, and I don't want you to feel that anymore. This is my favorite purpose of these phanerosis gifts. They are tangible expressions of Jesus' compassion in the earth, and they release his supernatural power and his supernatural goodness to people who desperately need it at that specific time in their life. These nine gifts show up when people are desperate, including us. Oh, they show up when we're desperate and hungry. When we're hungry for someone else's breakthrough or that person is so hungry, a lot of times gifts will just be pulled out of us (laughs) if we're willing and humble and ready to utilize them. And overall, it's the whole theme of this message. The nine gifts equip us. They're equipment. It's nine tools in God's tool belt that he gives to us whenever he wants. They equip us and enable us empower us to love others like Jesus loved us <laughs> they equip us to be good and powerful friends <laughs> i love it so let's jump into the 3 hopefully we'll get to 3 we might get to 2 today we got only got to 2 last time <laughs> so this is the 3 hopefully we're going to look at today first the gift of faith the gift of faith This reveals the facet of God's nature as powerful. God is all-powerful, and the gift of faith shows us that. Second, we'll look at the gifts of healings. We talked about it a few minutes ago. This reveals God's heart and his nature as compassionate, full of mercy, empathizing with us in every single thing that's going on in our life, fully knowing us. That's what gifts of healing release, his compassion And third, working of miracles. This is so fun. The working of miracles. I believe this reveals God's nature as wonderful. You know what wonderful means? It means full of wonder. (laughs) God is full of wonder. We just go, we live in awe. Our childlike wonder is restored. The apathy and the jadedness that life tries to harden us with gets obliterated when we see a miracle and the God of wonder shows up and we turn into five-year-old or three-year-old Judah and Lane up here. You think they're worried about what's going on today? No. They are full of childlike wonder. God wants to restore that to us. (laughs) Yeah, we need to be sober and serious about the life of God, but at the same time, we need to be children. (laughs) So if a couple of y'all get up here and just start smiling, that'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump into the gift of faith. I'm going to define the gift of faith and share the purposes of the gift of faith. I'm going to do this for all the gifts, but the definition of the gift of faith. It's one tiny portion. Everyone open up your hand and look at your hand. One tiny portion, or a mustard seed. So imagine a mustard seed going into your hand for a specific situation. One tiny mustard seed of the very faith of God. It's not your faith. It's the very faith of Jesus. The quality. 100% pure faith of Jesus. For a specific situation, that's why it doesn't have to be big. It can be a mustard seed, and the quality of that faith can, can move a mountain, is what Jesus said. One little mustard seed of his faith can cast a mountain into the middle of the sea. We're going to see that in the end times. Mountains are going to move, literally, in the end times. And we're nearing those days if we're not already in them. It's one tiny portion of mustard seed of the very faith of God, supernaturally given to a believer for a specific situation. This gift of faith is usually expressed, how? Through a big, ornate magic show? No, through a simple but powerful word of authority. doesn't have to be loud. In fact, a lot of times when we get loud, it's in our own soul. <laughs> it can be quiet, ears open, cancer leave. When a gift of faith is operating in you, it's a simple word of authority, that will move a supernatural mountain. And this is different. This gift of faith is not your saving faith when you maybe just prayed a prayer 20 minutes ago to put your faith in Jesus. It's different than that faith. That's our abiding faith in the finished works of Jesus. That's our saving faith, it's different. We have that continually, it's abiding. We believe that God is good, we believe he's our savior. This is different. It's also different than the fruit of faith from Galatians 5 which is more related to loyalty, dependability, faithfulness, showing up on time when you said you'd show up. That's a fruit of faith, but it's different than the gift of faith. What are the purposes of the gift of faith? First, kind of alluded to it earlier, but it's to accomplish an impossible, supernatural, God-glorifying task. And you'll see the gift of faith is most often a stepping stone gift. Everyone say stepping stone gift. What does that mean? It means that it's coupled with another gift from the tool belt of God's gifts to produce a supernatural result. So you'll often see the gift of faith, that little mustard seed in your hand, coupled with a surgeon's scalpel, a gift of healing. Or a gift of faith with the, coupled with the working of miracles. Or the gift of faith, coupled with prophecy, speaking out something in prayer, and then it happens. Because prophecy just means to speak forth God's word. So a gift of faith and intercession, we're going to look at an example in a moment of that, that can change a situation for an entire nation. <laughs> That's what Daniel did in Daniel 9. <laughs> so let's look at a biblical example of the gift of faith. I love this example because it has actually all three of the gifts we're looking at today in one story. It has the gift of faith, gift of healings, and most likely a creative miracle, all in one simple word of authority. So it's a triple pack for the price of one word of authority. It's in Acts 3, and it's the lame man who was healed. It's a familiar story for most of us, but let's read it. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, around 3 p.m. They were going to the prayer room in the afternoon. And on their way, right before they got to the prayer room, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, he could never walk. Imagine if you could never walk from your mother's womb. You don't even know what it's like to walk. Lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the beautiful gate of the temple. To ask alms, or for money, from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. That's what he did. Verse 4. And Peter, fixing his eyes on him, the lame man, with John, said, look at us. Stop looking at the ground and just asking for alms. Actually make eye contact, because we have something way better than alms to give you. We got the love of Jesus. And a gift of the Holy Spirit that's about to come out of us. Something way better than silver and gold. Something that's going to really fix you. Verse 5. So he gave them his attention. Eye contact. (laughs) He gave them his attention. Expecting to receive something monetarily from them. He's like, that's what people do. They give me money. They don't pray for me. But verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Who doesn't have much money? Okay, no, I'm not going to ask, ask you to raise your hand. But we can all relate at some point in our life, probably some of us now, <laughs> for young adults, most likely. <laughs> then Peter said, silver and gold. Money I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. We all have what he's about to give to this lame man. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There's the simple but powerful word of authority verse seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength immediately I want to say immediately, immediately. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the prayer room, entered the temple with him, walking, leaping and praising God. He had never done that before. He never done. That at that so what let's look at the, the next few verses because they're going to show us that this is the gift of faith verse 12 so peter responded to the people the people are obviously freaking out because this man they've always seen lame asking for money is now leaping and praising god and they know him as a lame man from his mother's womb people everywhere are freaking out they're like who are these gods that are among us peter and john these powerful godly men You know Peter's response? This should be our response. Anytime God works through us with a gift of the Spirit, this should be our response. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us, mere men, as though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? It wasn't by our own power. It wasn't by our own holiness that this man started walking. Verse 16, how? It was Jesus' name. Jesus' name, through faith, gift of faith, in His name, has made this man strong. And then it's more the most explicit it can be. Yes, the faith which comes through Peter, no. Nope. The faith which comes through John, nope. The faith which comes through Jesus, yes, <laughs> has given him this perfect soundness, or wholeness. Who wants to be whole in the room? I want to be whole. There's only one whole man, and he's the only one that can make us whole. The faith of Jesus, the faith that comes through Jesus, has given him this perfect soundness or wholeness in the presence of you all. (laughs) I love this. It wasn't Peter's faith. It wasn't Micah's faith. It wasn't Jack's faith. It was the faith of Jesus. This actually takes all the pressure off. Right? right. Right? We don't have to drum up and stir up a bunch of faith. We just receive his faith. Because we go like this. Our faith goes like this. We're in faith, then we're in unbelief when we get one bad text. (laughs) No, for real. (laughs) Or we eat something bad and our stomach hurts. We're like, oh, God, do you even see me? Yeah, he sees you. (laughs) Oh, this takes all the pressure off, guys. It's his faith. (laughs) It's not our faith. (laughs) That could do this stuff. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you have gifts for us. You have gifts for us to help others, to be a good friend. So what were the results? Pretty clear. The gift of the very faith of Jesus given to Peter and John in this specific situation released strength, Try I like this synonym, ability. Someone who's never had the ability or strength to walk before instantly received that divine ability. He instantly received strength or ability to walk, and most likely, this is his implication, but most likely created new muscle fibers. Imagine the atrophy, or he might have not even been born with muscles in those legs or ligaments. Creative miracle, in a moment he got probably new muscles, new ligaments, in order to walk and be fully healed. His leg shape literally changed right before their eyes and all the onlookers' eyes. Surrounding people who knew him as a lame beggar were filled with wonder and amazement. And they tried to give credit to Peter and John. You know what Peter and John did? Did they YouTube it and send it across the world? Did they build a ministry around that moment? They start a 501c3? All those, those are good things. But what they do, they preach the gospel because they had everyone's attention. <laughs> they had everyone's attention who saw what just happened. They told the source of all of this. They gave glory to God. They pointed to Jesus and they told the story of Jesus' life. Do you know what the result was for Peter and John? They get on Daystar, <laughs> TBN, they got thrown in jail. <laughs> Little Spoiler alert, if you start operating the gifts, you might get thrown in jail. (laughs) You might lose your job. (laughs) Oh, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. (laughs) I'd rather spend 10,000 days in jail than one day on (laughs) Daystar. Right? Peter and John preached Jesus, got arrested, and thrown in jail. And yet, they couldn't silence what just happened. People couldn't unsee what they just saw or unhear what they just hear. It was too late for the devil. The Lord spoke that to me about Asbury. It's too late for the devil. What's happened has already happened and no one can stop it. No man or devil can stop what happened a few weeks ago in Asbury. He's going to try, but it's not going to succeed just like it didn't work here because he sure tried. That's why they were thrown in jail. But guess what? Many people, it says, Many people, up to 2,000, if you do the math, from 3,000 to 5,000, up to 2,000 people possibly got saved from this one miracle and this one message that he preached. Adam Clark said about the gifts, they are supernatural endowments of grace from God, endowments of grace leading to supernatural results. Look at these results. This was this what... This is what can happen as we receive that little mustard seed of faith for a situation like this. Let's look at an example, modern day example. This is an example from my own life. One that the devil did not like, that I actually literally almost died for what I did on this day with the counterattack of the darkness of the enemy. Just like Peter and John almost died in jail. (laughs) But it's worth it. You're going to see why it was worth it. Okay? So we had been crying out in 2020, specifically. The Lord had given us this massive burden. Even starting in 2019, March of 2019, I preached a message. The Lord dropped a a dream in my heart and a message for his heart for the unborn. His heart for the preborn babies. And how a life was a life, no matter how small even if it was two days old in the womb. A life was a life that he had a destiny for and that was precious in his eyes, just as my life and your life is precious in his eyes right now. He gripped me with his heart, and you could give me no stat or no argument that would argue me out of that. So I went into overdrive and intercession, and I invited most of you who in the room, I invited you with me and others, and we cried out (laughs) for almost two years for the ending of abortion. People have been crying out for this for 50 years. We were just 11th-hour workers stepping up and doing our part to see what would happen in about nine months from when we, this, this happened. So at the culmination, kind of the apex of the prayers for two years, for the ending of abortion, this old-time prophetic lady comes, those scary ones, <laughs> this old-time scary prophetic lady comes in the prayer room and says, Kyle, I think it's time. Like, time for What? It's time to go down to the lawyer's home and law office, the lawyer who represented Roe in Roe versus Wade. She's from Austin. And she actually dreamed up her demonic arguments for death in a little house just west of the Capitol in downtown Austin. So a demonic root, a demonic well of death started here in the early 1970s in Austin that went to Dallas, then went to D.C., and then spread all across the U.S. and the world. And 70 million babies later who died in the womb from murder, it started right here in Austin in a little yellow home on West 14th Street well, God had been preparing me and the other intercessors who went for this moment for all of our lives. <laughs> They'd been crying out for the ending of abortion for 40 years, me two years. <laughs> but again, it's all the same when God gives you a gift of faith. So I went with five other intercessors. One of them's a leader at Kairos Global. He'll be here at the end of the month, March 31st. You can ask him his perspective at this moment. On the morning of December 8th, it was a Tuesday, 2020, I and five other intercessors went on a prayer strike down to Sarah Weddington, is her name, Sarah Weddington's home and law office on West 14th Street in downtown Austin. This was the building, I said it before, where Sarah, as an ambitious young lawyer, fresh out of UT Law School, crafted the oral arguments for the landmark Roe v. Wade case. This was her demonic prayer room that she received satanic arguments to propagate this decree of death for our nation. So what do we do? We went in covered by the blood of Jesus, full of faith, to stand for the babies, to give them a voice. Because when they're, in the, when they're in, the, in the womb, they can't speak. No one can hear them, but he can. He needs people on the earth to give them a voice. So that's what we did. We prophetically prayed and decreed in order to cut off, we took a big ax of the Word of God, to cut off the demonic root and to dry up the demonic well of death that started at that geographical location in our city in the early 1970s. We prayed for about 90 minutes, close to two hours. And I can just tell you guys, the Holy Spirit gave all of us a gift of faith. He put a mustard seed of faith, mixed with the gift of prophecy speaking forth in prophetic intercession. Who's ever prayed for something and you just know that you know that you have those things that you asked for? And then you see the results maybe later that day or in a few weeks or maybe it takes years, but you know that you know God heard you and you're going to see it. Who's ever had that? You've had the gift of faith. You had the gift of faith in prayer. And that's what happened. So we repented on behalf of Saracens because she's part of our people. She's an Austenite. I repent for my own sins. When I was in the world not doing right, I could have easily paid for an abortion. I bought a morning after pill for someone. That could have easily terminated a life. So I'm a part of this sin too. And anyone in the room who's ever participated in an abortion, whether by buying it or receiving it, there's so much mercy. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. I walked on the steps of that, right by that home, as if nothing bad ever happened. I walked clean, but I still had to repent for my sins and the sins of my people. That's what Daniel said. He wasn't, you're so bad. He said, I'm bad too. We're all bad, and we all need mercy. So that's what we did here. (laughs) We all bad, and we all need mercy. And he forgave me, forgave the other intercessors, and he forgave our city. He really did. We knew that we knew that we were going to have those things that we asked for. A gift of faith. It was, we were praying with the very faith of Jesus. You know, sometimes you stand up and pray, and it's like Jesus is praying through you. Who's ever felt that? Again, that's a gift of faith. Jesus just prayed through me. Those weren't my words. Because <laughs> if they were just our words, nothing would have happened. But guess what? Some things started happening. I went through three months of hell, <laughs> broken a test, It was the darkest, hardest, most horrific, demonic assault on my body, my mind, everything. All three parts of me were under assault, and I thought I was going to die every day for three months. Felt like my head was physically going to explode. But the physical pain was nothing like the demonic accusation, the thoughts I was hearing in my head. They were the worst of the worst. I can't even begin to repeat what the devil was telling me. Because he hated me and those other intercessors for what we just did. He wanted to kill us. Thankfully, I got a prophetic word from a national leader in the body of Christ just two months before that said, Kyle, you're about to go through hell for your stand for Jesus, but just hold on, because he's going to flip it all around. God's going to turn around. Just don't give up. You're going to want to give up, but don't give up, because if you don't, he's going to flip it all around and make Jesus famous in your region through your life. Without that word, I might have given up. The word saved my life. That was a gift of the Holy Spirit, a prophetic word, a word of knowledge through a yielded vessel that saved my life to help me save others. These are the results. Next slide. On September 1st, 2021, so about nine months later, the heartbeat bill went into effect, preserving the life of the unborn in Texas as soon as a heartbeat could be detected which is usually about six weeks or under. Tens of thousands of babies have been saved from this bill alone. You know, it was so cool, a little insider info. We went under contract on a home, Brooke and I. We were living with my parents (laughs) with two babies. It was hard, but it was actually really good. There was a lot of grace. But the grace started to lift. (laughs) It wasn't my parents' fault. It was just time. But September 1st, literally on the day that this heartbeat bill went into effect, that babies started being saved, we went under contract in a home in Lakeway with miraculous provision given to us for the down payment of that home. We had had no business buying a home at that time or any time, really, financially, but God blessed us with kind of an absurd amount of money to get into that home. On the same day, we went under contract on that home. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, Kyle, because you took care of my babies the unborn, I'm going to take care of yours. <laughs> Give you guys a home. is <laughs> more than enough. And guess what? If you take care of his babies, he's going to take care of yours. If you pray for the unborn, y'all are all his babies. Me taking care of Norm, I'm taking care of his baby. Me giving this message, I'm, start, I'm taking care of his baby. He's going to take care of mine. You build God's house, he's going to build yours. <laughs> you serve here, he's going to Build your house. Thank you, everyone who serves. Thank you, everyone who comes. That wasn't it. <laughs> About nine months after this, so a couple babies born, a couple nine-month segments. One baby was birthed nine months after the prayer. Another baby was birthed nine months after this. June 24th, 2022, Roe is no more. Roe versus Wade is overturned. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting up that morning because I knew the results would come out at 9 a.m. Uh, Texas time so every time there was a result day I would get up at 9 and push refresh on the Supreme Court page <laughs> and they put out all these other rulings that are important but they went about this but I remember it 10:10 10, 10 Eastern on, so 9-10 um, Central Standard Time the result came out That woke Brooke up. I said, Brooke. (laughs) I mean, it was the sweetest victory, especially for what we went through. The warfare is worth it. When you know what the result is of Roe? A total ban in Texas. Less than six weeks. It's illegal to kill an unborn baby, even two days old. (laughs) A total ban. And just to average it, just to get some numbers on it, did some research, it's about 100 babies a day are saved right now in Texas. Because <laughs> of me, five of the intercessors, millions of other intercessors, Ashton Reese, so many. In fact, if you've stood for abortion, I mean, not, not for abortion, against abortion, if you've stood for life and you've prayed for life or you've had a heart for life, just go ahead and stand up right now. I want to honor you because God wants to honor you. It's okay if this wasn't a topic you haven't thought about, that's okay. that's okay. I didn't really have a heart for it until three years ago, four years ago. Guys, this is your victory. Yeah. This, these are This is your newspaper clipping in heaven. It's got Katie Kaufman's Evan Kaufman's name on it. Guys, <laughs> gifts of faith and intercession can change history. You go ahead and be seated. Thank you guys. Gifts of faith and intercession can. Change history. Just like the gift of faith changed that lame man's life for one life, 100 babies in Texas alone are being saved every single day. (laughs) Worship team, you can come up. So let's respond. I thought we were going to get through three. We got through one. (laughs) The Lord said, slow down, (laughs) because these stories have to be told to give us faith, for maybe not a giant dragon, demonic dragon of Roe getting its head chopped off in America, but we all have our dragons. We all have our Goliath in our life that we need a gift of faith. Remember, it's the stepping stone gift. It's coupled with other gifts. If we get this one right, if we understand what it means and we know how to yield and, and dial down and take the pressure of ourselves of having so much faith, <laughs> Again, there's so little pressure when it comes to the gift of faith, because he's got to give it to us. And so let's just respond now. We can go to the, the second to last slide. Slide 24. Wow, you got right there. Y'all are good back there. So here's our response. Many of you just stood up showing that at one time in your life you probably still are, but you were not a spectator for this issue. You were a participant. God wants to invite us more into participation every single day. It's not just on Tuesdays at the prayer meeting that we participate. It's Monday mornings when we're tired and we open up that Bible out of obedience and God gives us a verse and we start praying it over our lost family member. We start praying it over our own propensity to worry. And we just start Obeying God's invitation for every believer, every single believer, to not be a spectator. To not sit, I would say the pews, not sit in the chairs, not sit on the sideline, but be fully activated in the kingdom. Tom, you are fully activated in the kingdom of God. There's no difference between me and you, or you and my dad, We are fully activated every single day in the kingdom of God. And I know you walked that out. That's why I'm honoring you right now. We are fully activated. We're not called to be in the stands. We're called to be on the playing field with the Lord. Going into situations. Going into HEB. Going into the gas station with open hands. Saying, God, you got someone? You got something? You got a gift for that person checking me out behind the counter? You got a gift for them? He might say, no, I want you to, you're rested today. Or they're good. Or he might just whisper to you their name or their birthday. Or he might say, hey, they have pain in their lower back and I I have compassion on them. I know how much they stand. They stand for eight hours at this job and they're in pain most of the time and I feel for them. I don't want them to be in pain anymore. So I want you to receive a get to faith, mix with a get to healing and bring relief to that person that's checking you out behind the counter. This is what it looks like. It's so simple. Again, it's not on us. We go in empty-handed. In that moment, he gives us that mustard seed of faith to be coupled with other gifts to produce miraculous results. And so if you, at a new level, because I know many of you here are already on the playing field, but at a new level, receiving fresh grace from God for this gift of faith, if you want to walk more in this gift of faith, I invite you to stand up right now. And I'm standing up with you. Because I believe there's so many times we go into H-E-B with hands closed, with a closed sign on our forehead. I do, because I'm busy, I got a schedule, I got kids at home, I don't got time, I don't got 10 minutes to help save this person's life who's suicidal tonight. No, that's real, I'm so convicted. I was listening to Todd White last night. I'm so convicted by his life. Do you know guys, Todd White, Heard one testimony of healing, got so fired up, for the next three and a half months, he prayed for 10 people a day, over a thousand people. Guess how many people he saw healed? None. None. He went into 10 different people's lives every single day for three and a half months, believing that God would give him a gift of faith, believing that he could believe that he could see someone healed. No one healed over a thousand people. Did he give up? No, one moment a healing happened and then the floodgates were opened. Probably tens of of people directly healed or saved or delivered through Todd's life now. So don't give up. All we have to do, you've stood saying, I want to operate in this gift of faith more. All we have to do is keep our hands open wherever we go. Don't have a closed fist, don't have a closed sign, have an open sign to have your hands open and trust that God's going to give you this mustard seed of faith for whatever that friend or that person needs 1 Corinthians 14 a couple chapters later it tells us how to how to receive these gifts we pursue them we pursue love first loving our friends having a heart of Jesus and then we eagerly desire earnestly desire spiritual gifts more than we desire our next temporary promotion at work More than we desire that new vehicle that we've had our eyes on that's really shiny. More than we desire temporary things. We desire spiritual gifts to benefit people temporarily, but more than that, eternally. We eagerly desire. That's all our part. Who in here has been hungry in the last week for physical food, tangible food? Who's got an appetite, has had an appetite? You know what it's like to want something. That's all we have to do. We pray for hunger. In fact, let's just ask the Lord for deeper hunger, deeper desire, deeper eagerness, that he would elevate the spiritual gifts way above all these other temporary things that we eagerly desire. I know for me, I eagerly desire like a couple hours where I can just be with Jesus. Could just some alone time maybe. That's nothing, alone time is nothing compared to someone who needs deliverance, someone who needs healing. Desire some rest because it's so busy. No! God's going to give you rest. You're going to be so much more energized after you see him work through you than you ever would have been taking a two-hour nap. It's so real, guys. God, would you give us hunger? Give us desire. Jesus, I ask that you would give us your heart. You woke up every morning saying, Father, what's on the agenda today? Would you give us that morning-by-morning heart where we would ask you, Father, what's on your agenda today? What's on your schedule today? What's on your day planner today? And Lord, that you would lead us. You would show us. You're like, I want you to go. (laughs) I want you to go to Barton Creek Mall and go to the shoe store. There's someone there who needs prayer for their eyes, stuff like that. It's so simple and he really wants to lead us. And Lord, we ask right now, we follow your invitation in Luke 11. You said ask, just ask our Father in heaven for good gifts and he would give them to us. So Father, we ask that you would give us gifts of faith right now. You would give us gifts of faith for a situation even right now this isn't a future thing this is right now if there are things in your life that there are mountains in your life impossible situations impossible relationships impossible children that have run away from the lord let's ask him for a gift of faith and intercession for that situation right now let's let's not wait for something to happen next week let's ask right now for a gift of faith for whatever's come to your mind whatever mountain needs to be moved Fill us with a gift of faith and intercession. Give us simple words of authority, simple phrases that will move a mountain. Prayer teams, you can go ahead and come up, altar prayer teams. If you want to agree with anyone. These altar prayer teams, everyone who's up here has experienced a gift of faith at least one time in their life. That's why they're on the altar prayer teams, because they see results. So if you want to agree with someone, there's so much power in agreement. Whatever you've just asked God for, come find someone to touch it with you on earth, and it will be done for you. If two of you touch anything on earth together, agree. It will be done for you. That's a gift of faith. Come up, agree with someone for whatever God just put on your heart. And believe that that little mustard seed of faith is going to come in Frederick's hand and your hand, and bam, a catalyst, something's going to happen. Believe it. We're going to be up here, worship team's going to continue. This is how I'm going to close the prayer. It's, it's the example of Todd White. It's asking, keep on asking. Don't give up. <laughs> Imagine if we would have given up the first time we prayed for something we didn't see. That would have been so sad. But we haven't given up, have we? No. (laughs) So I'm going to pray for endurance in the utilization of the gifts. Endurance when you don't see it happen. That's what I'm going to pray. The endurance of Jesus on us. Abba, I ask for perseverance with the gifts. Perseverance with trying. Perseverance with stepping out. Holy Spirit, would you make us unoffendable when people shoo us away or people laugh at us because it didn't work. Make us unoffendable. Make us not care what other people think about us. (laughs) Fear of the Lord, I invite you. Spirit of the fear of the Lord, I invite you to come eradicate fear of man right now. Spirit of the fear of the Lord, take over us. So we don't care. All we care about is loving that person and we leave the results up to you. I pray for perseverance, endurance, that we would run the race, that we would not grow weary in well-doing because we will see the harvest if we don't quit. Fill us with endurance in Jesus' name. Altar prayer teams will be up here to agree with you for anything. You're officially dismissed, but we'll be up here as long as it takes to receive gifts of faith by faith and then pray them over whatever impossible situation we may have in our lives. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.